Welcome to the Hipsit Podcast with Rabbi Simcha. Tonight's topic is one that is very pertinent to Jews all over the world right now. Are you worried about what to wear on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? Are you down with the cool kids? Well, don't stress because we have tracked down a fashion superstar rabbi who has strong views on both fashion and tradition. He has a passion for fashion. As we know, clothing is a source of imagery and metaphor throughout the Torah. From the murder of Yosef, when the brothers drenched his coat in blood, to the holy uniform of the high priest, clothing teaches us many lessons on many levels. I am so honored to have in the studio tonight my dear friend, Rabbi Taylor Yossel Tiffenbrunn. Thank you. Welcome Thank you, to the studio. Thank you. So uh, just to uh, give our listeners some background, uh, a number of years ago, I was asked to be a scholar in residence in Belgravia, London. I'm sitting at the home of an unnamed Russian billionaire. No collusion, uh, Yossel. Uh, it's actually an amazing experience, by the way. This guy is, is a bi- legitimate billionaire and uh, chose to open up his home to have a, a traditional synagogue in his home. If I was a billionaire, I'd probably just put like a pool. I think he had a pool as well, actually. He must have had Yeah, a pool I think somewhere. he had a pool. Uh, and uh, I'm sitting at the table with uh, surrounded by... A billionaire, not millionaire, it's a B. And uh, at the table was Reb Yossel. And uh, we really engaged in conversation the whole Shabbos. You told me that not only at the time were you a yeshiva student, but you were also a student on Savile Row in London, which the listeners may or may not know is the cre- is the Harvard, the Yale, the Oxford, the Cambridge of the fashion world. So Yossel, welcome to the studio. I'm not letting you get a word in edgeways. So uh, tell us what brought you to fashion. Well, first of all, thank, thank you so much for having me here. It started when I was young, when probably around 12, 13 years old. I always loved dressing differently and um, was very into my, my clothing, my suits. And being that every Rosh Hashanah, every uh, Pesach, we get new suits and we get new shoes. And I was, I was just very much you know, into how I looked and, and uh, careful of how I took care of the clothing as well. Um, I would always, you know, come home from shul, come home from the synagogue. I would change quickly and, you know, put my suit back in back in the closet, change into a comfortable uh, clothing. And, and uh, it, it really started from back then. And gr- going through yeshiva, I was always dressing differently from my shoes to my suits. And I had this dream from a young age to to really start my own clothing line at some point in my life and um, always had that at the back of my head but of course I I continued my studies in yeshiva and then became actually a rabbi in Singapore and it was over there that I kind of after becoming a rabbi I, I tried to to see if I could make that dream come true and then I really you know how how does a rabbi go into fashion and should I sign up to St. Martin's in London when I get back? And, and it was very, it was confusing. So I signed up actually to interior design. I'm thinking that I, I, perhaps I could do that instead. And, and I was bringing fashion into interior and I realized that that's pretty much what I want to do and what I need to do. So from then on, going back to London, um, I started, I knocked on all the doors of Savile Row um, and I got like, you know, 20 no's. Um, then one house, one uh, it was uh, number 19 Savile Row, Morris Sedwell. You have to explain they, exactly what Savile Row is, okay, so Savile, what it represents, 
because you can look at me. I, you call the fashion police. I'm not. I, I'm the. I'm from the north of England, from Manchester, where it's grim and grey up north. And uh, I'm certainly not a fashionista. By the way, I, I don't know uh, if our listeners are following me Instagram, but I have to tell them that you are dressed impeccable. Your yarmulke matches your suit, uh, your tie. What kind of knot is on the tie? That's a winds. I don't know even what I'm talking about. Uh, your car, everything about you just screams style. And uh, I was very inspired by that Shabbos because I did not grow up religious. I grew up, uh, I like to tell people, normal. So one of the things that I liked about the, uh, the you know, Chabad Lubavitch was, I, I guess, the, the followers of, of Chabad. And uh, there are many, not only uh, were they very devout and serious about Judaism, but characters and personalities that uh, I didn't see in other areas of the Jewish world. So w- what was the response from your family from your rabbis, when you told them you want to go to Savile Row, and just explain exactly what Savile Row is. So just to just to rewind a little bit, before I before I went to Savile Row, my idea and my dream was actually to do women's couture, evening evening dresses, and and uh, real like the craftsmanship and that, and to create high high end women's fashion. Wow! And coming to Savile Row, coming to London was like to try to follow Alexander McQueen which he started off on Savile Row, actually. Savile Row is the mecca of tailoring. You have royalty from around the world, celebrity clientele. And yeah, so that's that's why I went there, thinking that I'll do women's uh, fashion. That must have really flipped the rabbis. Well, we'll yeah, deal, we'll deal with that next time. It wasn't okay. well the family and, and right. the rabbi. It wasn't really, you know, the thing to right. do. Right. They were um, probably thinking uh, shochet, um, well, uh, mashkiach, ra- rabbi, rabbi yeah, shliach, yeah, yeah, not... Haute couture, is that, that's the phrase? Yeah, yeah. How do I say it? Yeah, haute couture. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay, so, women's fashion. Yeah, so that was that was kind of, I was following Valentino, Oscar de la Renta, and Alexander McQueen, and, and many of the other designers. I was following the shows. Wow. I uh, went to London Fashion Week. So that was, that was tricky, and going to Savile Row kind of um, grounded me, and it kind of, like, made me realize that actually there's a lot in men's, um, no, not it's not really fashion. It's it's more like what I do is, it's it's bespoke tailoring. It's it's fashion is something that comes in and out seasonal. Right. Um, this is but here timeless. It's, here it's timeless. High it's end. Creating your own right, fashion. Right. Your own unique style. Um, bringing that out and which is which is timeless. Um, you could always go back to that suit and that wardrobe. That is what it is, uh, and that's what I. I kind of. Um, you know, what did time, they make of you on Savile Row, this young rabbinical student? So I, I actually, highly groomed, but uh, <laughs> certainly not not the norm on Savile Row. Well, my beard wasn't was nowhere near as long as it. You is have now. an incredible beard, by the way. Thank Everyone's you. got to Instagram Rabbi Taylor. You have the uh, finest beard. It takes a lot of work, but but. They, what do you put in that beard? Wax. Wow. Yeah, beard wax. Very good beard wax. And um, I use shampoo, a two, conditioner, a, two, a brush that has two types of bristles. It's got it's got the horsehair, that rough one, and it's got the softer one on the other side. And kind wow. of, you got to condition it every day. And you know, it's it's a whole method. Um, yeah, and it takes a lot of time. But you know, it's, this doesn't just happen. <laughs> it, doesn't. it takes a lot of work to it be Rabbi Taylor. Yeah, yeah. You are wearing your brand on your face, so. Uh, what was the next question? So going back, so going back to to how how they you know how they looked at me, it was actually I approached the store that finally gave me a yes, and they're willing to. But he had an academy, so 
to cut the story, the long story short, I I signed up for the academy, and he accepted me. He he realized that hey, this is a rabbi. Um, he actually wants to do this. Uh, it's not something someone trying out something. He's you know he saw my passion and uh, and he took me on. He took me on. He accepted me as um, into the academy, and he was the first black tailor on Savile Row. Um, that's that's how he looked right. at it because he had a very tough time getting into Savile Row. So he, he was himself an outsider. He was insider, himself an outsider. And, and wasn't and able saw to get a this job. kid who's an outsider inside. And I guess you both found each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is a tradition. I, I've written uh, in the past books on on Jewish influences on pop culture. Certainly, Jews are overrepresented uh, in. In, in culture, uh, in film, in television, and I believe fashion is very much the same. There yeah. is a strong tradition of Jewish immigrants changing their names and, and really well, kind well, of... Right. So there is a tradition of, Jew, of Jews in the fashion industry, uh, and you, I guess, fit, fit very much uh, in, in line with that tradition. Um, there's one thought that I just had, that um, you'll see that in the fashion industry, that Jews as outsider insiders... Um, really standing between the elite and the masses, have kind of resold Americanism back to America. For example, think about it, sort of like the Ralph Lauren is this perfect, pristine, um, almost preppy Brooks Brothers look, which really comes comes from Jewish immigrants who wanted to be accepted as preppy and all-American. And it was so preppy and all-American, it was adopted by America as the representation of America. Well, Jews have always been like that, and in, in throughout the you know throughout the world, Jews have become whether it's more French than the Frenchman, you know, right. more, more English than the English, right? And and it's the same similar, right. similar right. thing. Right. Right. So let, let's bring us up today. So today you have your own fashion label. So today you have I, your own studio. Yeah, it's I call it an atelier. It's um, it's kind of like an open workshop space that you know my clients come in and they can actually see work being done. Um, in the back there, you know. Wow. Um, so it's not, you know. And you've been out. featured all over the world, right? You, you, you're quite the celebrity. I had my time. Yeah. I was on, I was on the website. You've been in GQ well, and the Algaminer. I don't know. G <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot more in between. It started GQ actually. That took off uh, early on. It was uh, when I was like 23. Wow. Um, so they put me as best dressed at one of these events. Wow. Which is full of tailors and right. And the kind of. The real, and he put me as best dressed, um, the fashion editor. So Nick Carvel. So from how there, did he find you? Just I was there. I was there at the event. I was wearing a kind of a burgundy hat, matching bow tie, and uh, um, and he liked my style, and he, he took a picture of me. And overnight, he posted it in GQ online, and he said best dressed goes, to, you know, at the event. And he mentioned where I worked, which was great publicity for for the company that I worked at. And yeah, he was really nice, and he posted also on Instagram back then, which was which was right. which was kind of slowly. And from there, that's where I took the Rabbi Taylor kind of thing, and I kind of rode with it. It was like a little wave, so I right. kind of jumped the wave. I, I find it very inspiring because it's yeah. not like you haven't come down to the level of the fashion industry, which can have a lot of schmutz associated yeah. with the industry. But I think you've brought up the industry to you on your terms, and and they're coming to you. You still. Uh, addressed as as a Hasidic Jew, uh, even though you have your own unique stylish um, uh, way of going about that, but you're still wearing a, a kippa, a tzitzit, uh, and uh, a beard, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the way down to the feet. So it looks like Gandalf. <laughs> it's it's getting there. It's getting it's there. It's getting there. So um, talk about about the studio. 
So the studio, it, it started, I, actually I was, I was from, from my Savile Row days, I got married here in New York and, and, and then moved to Singapore where I became a rabbi early on and we moved back, we wanted to give back and so there I worked as a rabbi and as a tailor. Um, so it's, it, was, it was challenging. Is, is there an inherent contradiction? Are you Rabbi Taylor or Taylor Rabbi? And have you been able to merge the two together? Well, I was doing that. I, like I said, I was, I was in Singapore and I was actually practicing. Well, up until Singapore as well, I was like the freelance rabbi. That's how we met. Uh, because I was right. in Belgravia that weekend. I was the freelance during my Savile Row days in, 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 in London. I was pretty much any rabbi that went away in town, any Chabad rabbi that would go Oh, away. you were the standard, rabbi off of, the bench. Rabbi Lou of Bloomsbury right. or, 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 right. or uh, Mendel, right. Rabbi Mendel Carmenson in Belgravia or others, I would jump in and take their space. So they were able to kind of go away for a weekend or where there was, uh, whatever it was. You were the super sub. I was, the, I was, the, I was their sub. I was their, nice. I was their guy. So that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I re- you were enjoyed. like Fellaini, throwing forward and go <laughs> for the long ball. Okay. I loved being, I loved being a rabbi as right. well. And I'm sure people could relate to you because you were so stylish. I was different. And you were different. You were out of the box. Yeah. And, and that, that's interesting. Yeah. So from, from there, I got married and moved back to Singapore, actually working as a rabbi, um, building a community. Um, but at the same time, from, a nine, from nine to five every day, working as a tailor in, in a local uh, tailor shop. So that became tricky over time as the rabbiing part became more and more successful. Um, I was doing dinners for 180 people and, wow. and I found myself intertwining and organizing all these events in the time that I was working for the tailor. And I had to decide at some point, do I want to stay here and become a full-time rabbi or do I want to continue my dream, which, you know, I enjoy, really enjoyed right. rabbiing and it was, it's also a passion of mine as well. But I don't I, think I became, they're mutually... I don't, th- I don't think there's a contradiction. Not a contradiction. I think, I, I think you could become the rabbi to the fashion industry. And I think people look up to you. I think, I think they're inspired by you. I, I think you're doing incredible things. Yeah. So okay, as the rabbi to the fashion industry, we're making you shliach uh, of, of the fashion industry. I have a few questions. Sure. So for me, as a Baltuva, um, the High Holidays was always a bit of a fashion show. Uh, even though, you know, we go for the, for the for obviously for the meaning, for the prayer, for the family, for the tradition. Um, you know, growing up in England, it was a bit of a fashion show and you wanted to look good. You wanted to look your best. And certainly there is a spiritual element that when one uh, stands before uh, um, the uh, infinite source of all reality, you want to look good. Just like you want to look good at, at a job interview or if you're standing before a president, that could be a trigger for some listeners, uh, or, or a king or queen. So too, all the more so standing before the Almighty, you want to look good. So there is also a, a spiritual holy element to looking good. So what advice would you give to uh, to my congregants about what to wear for Rosh Hashanah? So I actually, I think over time, I've realized something a little bit. I as a, as a young as a, you know a youngster or whatever growing up that's how I felt. It was Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. That's when we got our new clothes. Right. That's when we try to dress up. But I, I think. I realize now that it's uh, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is a time to reflect on oneself, to be yeah. more spiritual, to, to, you know, whether you're coming to show every day or every Shabbos, Shabbat, or or just the the few days a year. It's it's a time not it's a not a, it's not a fashion show. It's not that time. It's it's a time to reflect on oneself and not to really make that statement. I w- what I think I recommend is 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 actually choosing that. 
it could be a beautiful suit. It could it could be a standout suit, but it's something that you're you're very comfortable with. Something that you don't have to worry about. You can prepare it before. Um, it's your look that you don't have to feel like. Am I overdressed? Am I underdressed? Um, you just, you know, it's for men. I mean, I'm I'm in the industry for a while, so for men, most men are most comfortable in that classic navy suit. That is their go-to suit. So they could wear it at weddings. Sometimes they could wear it, and some will wear it at work or, or whatever it is. So for a man, I think, I think going back to that navy suit. Being a little understated versus trying to make that statement because it's not—it's really not about making you know standing out and and looking over one shoulder and is you know am I dressed better than him or is he dressed is is, is she gonna look at me or he gonna look at me you know it's it's really focusing on the day right and, and to to make that the most important part so so I think to take a step back and and look in your wardrobe what is the most comfortable suit that I feel comfortable, that I look good, that I look sharp, look elegant, sophisticated, but not not the one that's going to make a fashion statement, not the one that's... Uh, and, and actually, it's funny enough because Bespoke, what I do is very much about that. It's it's about the fit, it's about the workmanship, it's it's about feeling comfortable with, with yourself. It's not about making that statement with buttonholes here and, and colors and da-da-da. It's, it's about having something fit and cut for you that, that you don't have to worry about it. it. You know it fits you so well that you... You, you know, you don't have to look over your shoulder and you're, you could just sit there and focus on the day. Wow. I read on your website, by the way, you take up to 50 fittings for a men's... Hours, you're talking about hours. Oh, 50, 50 How many measurements? How many measurements go into well, up to, a up to, yeah. rabbi tailor? I, I read on the website up to 50 um, measure, fittings. Is that right? Up to, yeah, measurements, measurements. Measurements. Yeah, yeah. So we could take up to that. I mean, generally it's a little less, but, but we could... Um, it's it's a lot of measurements. I was in Hatbox on Coney Island Avenue. I bought a suit in 30 seconds this week. Right. Um, but it certainly doesn't have that. It doesn't fit like a glove. Doesn't feel like a glove. And uh, I think uh, you know what you're talking about is something. It's it's really a next level. Um, um, you know, uh, experience. It's a different. It's a different experience. Um, it's. I wouldn't say. I mean, it. It. It, it can be for everybody, and, and and I hope it could be for everybody. But, um, it's. Uh, it's for those that that are, that appreciate. Uh, you know, the workmanship and and the craft, um, and to have something fit for them, molded for them, because the handwork and the craftsmanship. A lot of people don't realize is actually in the inside. It's not about the finishing. It's about the work that goes in between the lining and the jacket so it's work that you can't see but you know it's there right and you know it's there because you feel it and it kind of it molds to you that's it you sold the suit i want i want it i'm in i may yeah. take 60 fittings though because <laughs> I, I got a lot of curves this doesn't just happen. as many fittings as it takes okay great um if you don't mind this is the podcast where we like to go there it's nice to talk about you know happy things but we also have to address the big issues in life, the big issues, the high holidays. I'd like to talk about something a little dark, and and it's 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 really a fashion travesty. But I, I want to address the Yom Kippur Crocs debate that is raging all over the world. As as you know, we do not wear leather shoes on Yom Kippur as a sign of humility. Whenever I make that announcement, 
in the synagogue, I always feel bad because I see like a quarter of the crowd sort of like curling their leather shoes behind the seat uh, in embarrassment. Uh, it's not all or nothing. And, and certainly uh, as the rabbi, I get paid to be Jewish. You don't look at me as any uh, <laughs> paradigm of, you know, spiritual virtue. But what would you recommend? Because what I usually do, it's like two minutes before um, Yom Kippur services. I got Kol Nidre, I got the sermons, I'm busy, I'm running around, I'm schlepping prayer books, I'm schlepping benches. I usually run to the 99 cent store and buy Crocs. Uh, one year, the only ones they had were white and pink, um, <laughs> called the fashion police. So I'm wearing the white and pink Crocs and uh, you know, it was just, it's a disaster. So now I got some time, I'm ahead, what do I do? What does the what does the fashion conscious rabbi do on Yom Kippur? Well, you probably give yourself a few more minutes. And, there you go. Uh, you go to the store and you pick up uh, something something elegant again, something something understated, something understated. Uh, a nice uh, you know whether it's a it's a it's a loafer or or one of these kind of Converse shoes that you know nice color something something matches. You don't doesn't have to be you know a complete contrast color. Um, because again, it's not about statements, but um, yeah, something something nice and elegant, something that uh, you know that kind of just flows Simple, with your with, with elegant, what you're wearing. Yeah, yeah, classy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whether it's, a, it's I a, fail on all three. Okay, I, I, you got to help me. I need a makeover over here. <laughs> okay, you also brought with you in the studio some samples, some colors, some cut. I see some cuffs, swatches, some fabric swatches. I see, I see. What are what are the cuffs? No, so I just yeah, I brought them brought them along just to kind of um, oh, emphasize wow. on the point I was making before about being understated and being being simple in what you wear. Um, yeah, so it's just these are these are kind of the the cutaway, the classic cutaway. Okay, what what what's this cuff called? The the collar. It's it's a it's a cutaway. Um, cut oh, away it's color. a collar. So it's actually. Yeah. I don't know my cuffs from my collars. Yeah. So that is what you're dealing. I'm a I'm a, like a. <laughs> Call the fashion police over so, here. So this terrible. So they're very, I mean. Wait, this, this is a collar. You've got to break it down over here. That's a collar. That's a collar. That's yeah. a cuff. Yeah. Okay. What's this collar called? It's a it's a cutaway collar. Cutaway collar. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it's. It's, it's, it's a full cutaway. It's a full it, cutaway. It's a full so, cutaway. So it cuts away. and It's, it's good just, for the beard, actually. So Exactly. Ah. Exactly. You see? It's I'm on it now. I'm on it. It's very in. I mean, it's 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 been in in, it's in, in the right? it's in? in the satorial world for for a while. It's in the satorial world. Yeah, it's it's. I it's, don't know what that class, means, but <laughs> it's a classic. It's color. a classic. You can have a nice knot there in the middle, oh. and and you know it cuts away. It's it's okay. And this what what's and this called? That is that is a semi spread. Semi spread. That's a semi spread. It has okay. A bit of a rounded kind of edge. Yeah, yeah. It's rounded. And also very nice and elegant. But again, nothing, not over the top here, and and. You know, this is a cuff. So this is a cufflinks, you know, to wear it. Right. To wear a French cuff to wear it with cufflinks. Question. Do I go cufflinks or button? Good. This is a very good See, now question. we're getting to touch Because over I here. think, I mean, I don't want to put down anybody that wears cufflinks. If you wear cufflinks, wear cufflinks. Again, we're, we're talking about w being comfortable in what you wear and how you wear it. So if you're not a cuffling guy, I would recommend not wearing on the high holidays cufflinks because... Then comfortable. You're comfortable. Then you can know because then you're constantly looking at: Did I right. put the right cufflinks on? 
why didn't I make that choice? Or and and again, it's it's kind of a statement. You're trying to make it stick out, and you it should stick out. You want、right. that person to see it. So you don't want to look like you're trying too hard. Exactly.、Right. So I would say, you know, what you could what you could do is just go with.、Um, oh, that's two, nice. That two button. Oh,、cuff. that's classy. A two button cuff. That a two、uh, button cuff. I yeah, like I like the with the, a little cutaway. What's this called? This is called a, a little angled. It's little an angled. angled cuff. This is classy. Yeah. So that's got. Two you ever do a three button cutaway? Or that I have. Just, I have. Really? Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit much. That's out there, right? Yeah, but、okay. again, you, you're talking about every time you want to roll. If you want to roll up your cuffs, then you don't. My dear friend Ariel Tidhar, who's a phenomenal、uh, Israeli fashion designer,、right. graduated Pratt. She just gave me a pair of pomegranate cufflinks. Oh wow! Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, Roshana.、Yeah. Oh, fair enough. That's good. So, That's so now you know what you're gonna wear. That's you're it. Gonna, They're red.、Cufflinks. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure you're you're comfortable wearing that. That's fine. I'm I'm comfortable wearing anything. Exactly. I'm, I'm from so, Manchester. So, right. So, okay, but, but again, and watch this. So these are these are just different swatch books that I that was you know、oh. thought that I would. Wow.、Um, that's, that's actually、gorgeous. one. That's the book that I would say that keep it you know keep it for the right, for the、right. for the wedding, or that you know that.、Uh, okay, let's not. I don't want to、uh, scare the listeners. So let's just do an experiment. Yeah. Let's say like a full. Rabbi Taylor suit, right? High end.、Um, just write down on this <laughs> on this piece of paper. What are we looking at? What's the sticker sign?、Um, I, I'm. No one's gonna know. No, like, I, let's say a high end. We're going. High, like, well, everything I everything I do. It is, looks pretty. Is, is, this, is, is, these are the, is the these, highest. This、end. is the suits are made、this、out is, of this. This is this is Skabal actually. This is. This is the Royals Royce of of fabric for for this、tail. is the Ferrari Testarossa. So first of all, bespoke fabric, bespoke clothing is already the, the high end, the highest end possible. Right, right. Okay, it's not Hatbox. No offense to Hatbox, by the way. Izzy's a great guy. I don't know Hatbox.、Um, uh, yeah. yeah, no. Thirty seconds. But, I got、uh, the whole thing. <laughs> so that shatness and everything. Okay. Wow. This is this is this is really. So I'm actually making a waistcoat for someone. So right now I'm、that. feeling the scabal material. It is it is so, it's so smooth. Yeah, that's 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 a beauty.、Yeah. Wow. This is really something. So、okay. that's obviously you're making a waistcoat out of this. I'm making for someone's wedding, so it's wow. Very very much like you know evening.、Uh, you know, this is gorgeous. Tuxedo. Wow. Dinner suit kind of stuff. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna post、uh, in the show notes some pictures. I I don't even know what the show. I just hear other podcasts. They say that I don't know what the show. I'm not doing any of that. That's way too much work.、So、this those, is the felt. This wow. This is thick. This、yeah. is this is nice. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I'm going to the Oscars so, over here. So if you're comfortable in a beautiful burgundy velvet jacket, then you know, then then I would、it. love to get a high end capota, like a fitted, classy, high high end, as opposed to what I'm wearing now, which feels like. Rubber.、Um, this is the same thing. This is also. So that that this is one book. This is very much a, kind of like a dinner suit book. This is for for evening, you know. And these are、dinners. actually the colors. So those. Because right now,、colors. for my listeners, I'm looking at this gold, silver, paisley, shiny. What would this be? This could that be. That would be. That would be a tux. This would be a tuxedo. Yeah, that would be a full tuxedo. You could do it a full. You could do it just the lapels of an of another tuxedo. Okay, so write down on the paper. We don't want to scare the listeners. Let's say full In, full tuxedo, with with the gold silver paisley. What are we looking at? You want to write it down? Oh yeah. To tell the customers. No, no. Write、Probably. it down. Write it down. Where does the the decimal point go? Yeah, so you got it. That's exactly what it is. In that in that book itself, 
in that book, there'll be... I don't want to scare the listeners. There'll be so many different types of... $6,500! It's gorgeous. So in... <laughs> it's gorgeous. So in that book, there's so many different types of fabrics that the prices, price could range dramatically. It could, it could, you could get a suit in there for around 10. Wow. Yeah. And how long does it take to purchase such a, such and a suit? So because of the workload, I mean, it takes around 80 plus hours. To, goes out, it goes into every suit. Right. So, um, and thank God we're very busy at the moment. So pretty much between four to five months. Wow. Um, you're looking at for my real bench-made bespoke tailor, tailoring um, suit, but I also offer- So clearly this is not a suit that, that one wears to the office. This is a, a well, special well, occasion. that book in particular is one that w you wear for special occasions, but right. there's other books, which oh, is obviously- let's, let's get to the other book, which is obviously I'm ready. more mainstream. My, my listeners demand that I scour through. Oh, this is, re this is very English. So the, yeah, both English. Uh, how do I pronounce this word? Dormiel. It's Dormiel. Yeah. That's a type of material? It's a it's a company. It's a company oh. that provide you know their their merchants. This one's a little thicker, right? So yeah, there's two different weights in there. Yeah. This is this is the one. Eleven and this half, is the one. Ounce, eleven and a half ounce, and you got that nine and a half ounce there. Yeah. So and those. Where do you order this material from? So I order the exact amount that I need per customer. Yeah, you don't want to uh, make a mistake over here. And they get a ship from uh, from England or Italy, depending on the mill or the merchant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so a suit in that is a, is a lot is a lot is less than right. than what we right. spoke about right. before, but but it's still it's still right. the time the time the clearly. time and the workload that goes into right. that suit versus the other one is the same. It's just a matter of material right. that climbs uh, dramatically. And have you had any interesting experiences as as a rabbi in the fashion industry? People coming to you and asking you questions, and you almost becoming like like a rabbi, being an influencer on them in their spiritual practice. In their, yeah, in their sure, Judaism? Sure, it happens the whole time. It happens, it really happens the whole time. You know, I'm out with, I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with, with Jewish customers, non-Jewish customers, religious, non-religious uh, Jews, and it's, it's pretty much a 50, it's a 50-50. So, um, you, yeah, you have, you know, uh, you speak with, speak with people and um, you guide them, obviously, on their wardrobe and, and, and their suits, but you obviously have a right. relationship with them. Right, and that you become a, a rabbi to them. Yeah. Wow. I think it's beautiful. I think I think we learn from this that that very much that you can you can enter, you know, myriad professions and fields and still not compromise your your spiritual identity. But at the same time, you can go into the world and you can meet the world on your terms, uh, not to succumb to the world's terms. Uh, we also want to welcome in the studio. We have our producer Sherry's here. Sherry, meet the world famous Hello, Rabbi Sherry. Taylor. Uh yeah, when I when I rob a bank, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna mention that I have two rangers. So oh. so actually, I have a little range which is made in a factory, um, which is which is a much much more affordable. Sherry, wh which color would you go for? Um, hmm. Well, I guess for me or for you. For me. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna go with the shorter one. Yeah. Uh, there's something about the longer one that I like because it's kind of seventies. But I don't know. I guess I feel like with your your body type, I what think. Was that? Don't body shame me. I know it wasn't body shaming. It was okay. like, it's just Honest. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I no, right. that was right. not a body shame. Right. Right. I would go for the shorter one. Am I wrong? No, you're 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 right. But the, see, you called me short. The actually these colors. No, I'm glad. I'm glad that I had the same opinion as the tailor. These colors could come in different sizes, though. Sherry, how so. many rabbi tailors have you met? 
This is the first one I've ever met. Isn't it incredible and inspiring? Have you ever seen such a stylish rabbi no, this in, is, in your life? No, this is blowing my mind. Tra- I've, I've been really enjoying this whole conversation. Trained on Savile Row. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, by the way, I, I also want to thank Sherry for all your help, all your support with the show. And Sherry's been looking into the metrics of the show. And apparently, it's it's a hit. People are, people are talking about it. People are following. People are looking. People are swiping. Um, just the other day, I was actually in a, in a store in Borough Park. Somebody came up to me, told me they listened to the show, uh, the first show about English soccer. He said, I listened to the whole thing. I didn't understand a single word, <laughs> but he still listened to it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm getting into this world. I... I don't know. I think we have something really special here. I learned a lot. And you know what? I'm, I was actually really inspired to know that uh, the art of tailoring is still out there because, you know, a lot of uh, things are going to be lost because people it aren't um, pursuing the training and the apprenticeship and everything. So, you know, that's, uh, it's cool to see that there's still young people out there doing that. He's reclaiming it. Bringing it back. No, it's a dying art. It's definitely a dying art. I, th- so. I think you're bringing it back. I think you're making it post postmodern. I think you're you're, you're it's. I'm 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 actually very inspired. You are the real deal. You are the genuine article. Uh, you do not compromise your faith. Uh, yet at the same time, you've really uh, entered this world and risen to the top of this world. You're the only rabbi that I've ever met, and I've met quite a few that's been uh, featured on G in GQ magazine. Uh, so that in itself is extremely, extremely inspiring. So, okay, I think we're going to start wrapping it up right now, but I want to ask Rabbi Taylor, do you have any uh, any thoughts for the new year? Where will you be spending Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur? Where does Rabbi Taylor go? Well, usually I go to, usually I go to London. And what happens, right, in the event, let's say Fashion Week and Rosh Hashanah collide? It always does. Dun, dun, what do you do? You, you know. You, you go to Fashion Week, yeah. of course. <laughs> Hello, you no. It's uh, yeah, it's a tricky, tricky one, but it's uh, it's obvious that uh, you kind of pass on that one and uh, you go to show. Wow, that's very inspiring. Okay, uh, just to end off with one thought uh, to Rabbi Taylor to Sherry. I remember uh, in in uh, the days after nine eleven, I recently I got married right before nine eleven. I moved uh, to New York and I saw in the window of Kenneth Cole they were selling shoes and they had a, a sign in the window that said "What you stand for." is more important than what you stand in. And it really made me think, I immediately went into the store, Sherry, and bought three pairs of Kenneth Cole shoes, but clearly, uh, here's a man who, what he stands for is more important than what he stands in, and he shows that they're not uh, mutually exclusive, they can both be woven, you see what I did? You see what I did? (laughs) Woven together to build a a beautiful suit, I'm extremely, extremely inspired, the fact that you're entering this world uh, and not compromising yourself uh, makes you a superhero. I want to thank Rabbi Taylor, I know you're busy, you told me today that you've got suits uh, that need to be threaded is that even the term they need to be made they need to they need to be made so thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule for coming in if you could just tell our listeners uh how do we find you what's your what's your instagram handle well my instagram is uh, i have two actually one is uh, rabbi taylor the company is tiefenbrunn which is my last name so the website is tiefenbrunnnyc.com and uh, i have an instagram twitter um, I'm on you have 15,000 followers on my Rabbi Taylor. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit I of got a follow. Seven, over. 750. You're climbing. You're I'm, climbing. I'm climbing. For, I'm cli- for a month in it? I, a month yeah, in. That's, I'm, tr- that's, I'm trending. That's pretty good. That's I, I pretty know, good. I know. And I only bought half of them. 
<laughs> okay, so you, you've been you've been a real inspiration to me and to our listeners. We want to thank you so much for coming in. And uh, remember, what we stand for is more important than what we stand in. Thank you so much for coming and inspiring us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And this is me, Rabbi Simcha, saying goodnight, goodnight. Hipset the Podcast is recorded and produced by Sherry Barkley and Rabbi Simha, with additional sound engineering and editing by Israel Kievman. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review, and thank you so much for subscribing.